Aloha, people of God. It's your brother, Mike Dillard, coming at you live and direct from Honolulu, Hawaii. Welcome to Fully Submitted. Again, I am your host, brother, Mike Dillard. So, man, it's been a minute since I came on and, 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 and made an episode. Honestly, I've been very, very busy. And, you know, hey, with the blessings come responsibilities, right? I always say that, right? So we pray, we want the blessings and the blessings rolling. Guess what? You have to work to maintain those blessings. <laughs> it takes time to do these things, right? And uh, and I was, I, I, like I said, I think in the last one, I was feeling kind of under the weather for a couple of days there, right? So uh, I'm glad that's behind me. So anyway, so this this episode is called Show Me the Receipt. Show us the receipt, please. So I'm, I'm just get, get, going to get right into it. Okay, so this one... The title of this comes from uh, I was actually online with some some friends of mine on LinkedIn, you know, the business platform. And one of them had posted this guy singing and I responded and said, hey, you know, I actually can sing like that. Right. And they was like, what? You came on the show. You ain't even sing for us. I'm like, well, you know, y'all didn't ask. And then, you know, another another sister jumped in and she was like, we like to see the receipts. We'd like to see the receipt, please. Show us the receipt, please. Right. So that's like a common phrase, at least in America. I don't know in the rest of the world, but like right now in America, like that's a common phrase. Like, so if you say you can do something, they're like, hey, let us see the receipt, please. Let us let us see proof that you can do <laughs> what it is you saying that you can do. Right now, for those of you that know me, y'all know that um, I don't usually say if, if I'm singing for the Lord, that's different. Right. Because I'm not drawing attention to myself. So. Um, but I always say, oh, I, I can sing. Most people don't know that I can sing, right? They might hear me playing around, but if I actually really sing, they're like, oh, we didn't know you could sing, right? So I, I told the sisters, I'm like, okay, well, outside of church, you, you probably won't hear me sing, but <laughs> if I ever do sing and, you know, put it up on LinkedIn, I'll be sure I'll let you guys know, right? So anyway, as soon as I, I read that, I busted out laughing, you know, show us the receipt, please. But I'm like, <gasps> That's the title of today's podcast. I know that's it. That's it. Right. And it's super important. So this is what it's all about. Really, this is what my podcast is all about. Right. So I always say that fully submitted is grown folk talk for the mature Christian. Right. I always say, hey, this podcast is for mature Christians. In other words, this is people that have been in the church, as we say in America, for a minute. They've been at church for a minute, you know, 10 years, 15 years. You know, they've been in church. They've been serving their deacons. They may be ministers, pastors. You never know. You know what I'm saying this is people that's been in church for a while. People that you would think and people where they would think that they're mature Christians. But you'd be surprised. You'd be surprised at how many mature Christians really aren't mature at all. And we have an example of this in the Bible, right? Where we had Nicodemus who came to talk to Jesus. You know, he kind of he kind of came to him, you know, kind of privily. You know, he didn't want people to know that he was talking to the master. He was talking to Jesus. Right. You know, and Jesus just dropped some basic kingdom knowledge on him about like being about being born again. And he was like, um, you, he knew by the response, and this is how we know. This is one way we know, or I know, or a mature Christian knows. When you're talking to somebody who claims they're a mature Christian, you'll hear what comes out of their mouth, and you're like, what? 
No, no, that's not it at all. Like you, you've been in church for a minute, but you really a baby Christian still. Right. So, you know, Jesus talked about being born again. Nicodemus is like, well, you know, how can a man be born again? Jesus, like you're saying that he can go back in his mom's womb and get reborn a second time. And Jesus is like, you're you're a, a spiritual teacher over Israel and you don't know this stuff like this is basic stuff. You know, how am I going to teach you kingdom principles? You don't even understand this basic stuff, right? So it's like this, right? This is what my podcast is about. This is why I believe the Lord has me come on and put these messages out. Not for baby Christians. I always say, baby Christians, hey, you're here. Thank God you're here. Learn it now. <laughs> Get it now, right? But but really, more. it's really more for the mature Christians because these are the people that are unwittingly jacking up baby Christians. I've seen it happen time and time again. You know, you have somebody, I had, I had a, a deacon, like a senior deacon at one church. And, um, you know, I remember this guy, I mean, he, he just seemed like a pimp. I, mean, I don't know how else to put it. My, my ex-wife used to always say he had a, he had a pimping spirit. <laughs> She said he need to be delivered from that pimping spirit, you know, from back in the day. I mean, you know, you can still see, you know, he kind of had his ways or whatnot. But I remember going up before this guy. Oh, my gosh, that's so funny. I'm still <laughs> that still makes me laugh. The pimping spirit. OK, yeah. But anyway, so, you know, I went up to the altar for, for prayer and I remember Man, you know, stuff was going on in my life and in my family. It, something was always going on in my life and in my family, right? It was just always like blowing up. It was, it was crazy. But, and I remember talking to him and saying, like, hey, um, you know, you know, deacon, elder, whatever, elder, elder, you know, elder, like something like, oh, I've lost so much time, elder. You know, I just, I missed out on all of this time. And, you know, the Bible talks about, how, how, how the Lord can restore what the canker worms have devoured, you know? And, and would, you, would you join in prayer with me about the Lord restoring what the canker worms devoured? This man told me, this man with the pimping spirit. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> this man told me. He said, Brother Dillard, uh, that's not true. The Lord does not restore what the canker worms have devoured. So whatever you lost, you just lost. He doesn't restore what the canker worms devoured. And I was like, oh, wow. Oh, um, hmm. That's, that's not how I read the Bible, but okay, okay. Now, several years later, I did come to find out, like, actually, yes, the Lord does do that, which is why he said it, okay? The Lord does do that. It doesn't mean if you got divorced that you're going to get that marriage back. It don't mean that at all. But in a way, the Lord, he, he can bring stuff back. So like certain relationships or maybe opportunities or things like that, the, you know, where the enemy tricked you and, and, and caused you to forfeit something or he stole something from you. Then, yes, yes, yes. The Lord definitely. Let me let me just back up. Hold on. Hold on. Let me just back up and say this for y'all. Right. Yes. Indubitably indefinitely most definitely the lord god almighty does indeed restore what the canker worms have devoured now like i said somebody told me that wasn't the case i walked away from the altar feeling all like oh woe is me 
oh, you know, the Bible says this, but, you know, apparently God doesn't do that. That guy told me wrong. He told me some mess. That's what he told me. Okay. I'm sure he meant well, but what he said was wrong. So this is just one example, and I've got many, but I'm only, as far as I know, I'm only going to go over this one. We all know how this goes. This is a live and dynamic podcast, right? Where it, wherever it comes up, that's what I'm putting down. Wherever I get it, that's where I spit it, right? So let's hit it. So as far as I know, that's the only example I'm going to go over today, all right? But we'll see what Holy Ghost does. So the mature people have to be careful about their doctrine. And the Bible talks about this. The Bible says, guard your heart closely, right? And your doctrine, right? Because the issues of life come from that. So if your heart is off, if your doctrine is off, everything else is off. And guess what? You're, you're going to be leading people into the ditch. It's like, you know, the Bible talks about that too. The blind leading the blind, they both going to fall into the ditch. But the, the, the jacked up thing about it is this, at least if a person is physically blind, they know they're blind, okay? You know that person is blind. So if you're going to go ahead and follow somebody that's blind and y'all both fall in a ditch, well, you know, what can you do? <laughs> that's that's kind of on you, right? You knew, the dude, you knew the dude was blind. You knew the sister was blind. Why you follow them into the ditch? Come on now. I wouldn't feel sorry for you. I'd be like, what was you thinking? But spiritually, it's not the case, right? It's not that obvious that people are blind. It's not that obvious that spiritually people are blind. If you are not a mature Christian, it's not that obvious that people are blind and that they're telling you the wrong stuff. Okay, so this is actually really good for the baby Christians to be on here and to listen to this, right? Because the Bible gives us another indicator. Now, one thing that Satan did, which is also how he uses these, uh, you know, these immature people that call, are calling themselves Christians that are, have been in these positions for so long, but they're teaching the wrong doctrine. They don't understand that they're actually being used by Satan. They're not being uh, possessed by Satan, but they are being oppressed by Satan, by one of his demons or a fallen angel. They are being used to lead others astray. Okay. They are being used. So. Satan always takes the word. He takes truth and he twists it. So there's always a little bit of truth in what Satan says. So we see what he did with Adam and Eve, or really what he did with Eve, because he didn't even talk to Adam. He talked to Eve. And then Eve talked to Adam and Adam ate, right? So he twisted the truth around. And then even when Satan came to Jesus himself, what did he do? He quoted scripture, but his context was all off, right? The way he was trying to get Jesus to apply the scripture was all jacked up. But if you have someone that's a baby Christian, or they, they, don't, they just don't know any better, then, you know, you can have something what the Bible says is a fine sounding argument. It sounds like it's right. It sounds right. And then they take the action. The Christian will take the action based on what, you know, they believe the scripture said, you know, according to the interpretation, just like Eve did, right? Satan at Eve said exactly what God told them with regards to eating the fruit or not eating the fruit. She said exactly what the Lord said. Right. But then the devil came back and said, no, 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 that's not what God meant. See, what God really meant was this. And he twisted it around. And then she was like, oh, you know, and then she had her own imaginations or machinations or however you want to say it, whatever was going on inside of her. 
she had her own things going on. And after she thought on those things, then the Bible says she took the fruit and she ate it. Right. She ate it. Uh, but this is the same thing the devil does with these preachers or evangelists or, or prophets or whoever, whatever child of God is not mature and not operating, not guarding their heart, not watching their heart closely, not watching their doctrine closely. Right. They can twist words around. And if you're not like a Berean in your Bible, studying it, taking time to be quiet and listen before the Holy Spirit, minimizing the amount of distractions. Right. You will miss it. You will miss it. And the Bible talks about how in the end times, even the elect would be deceived if it were possible. Right. So you got to be careful. You who think that you're elect, you have to be careful. <clears throat> and I've seen this time and time again at the churches where the people that are pastors. They're, they're not trying to hear a word from some little peon. Right. You know, some some little person that's not the pastor coming up to tell them a word like, hey, you know, you're actually off track. This is actually not right. And I'm telling you, literally every single church I've been in, when things came up and the pastors was off, they didn't want to hear it. And they were definitely off. And then you step back years later and you can see, wow, look how off that church is now, man. If only they were humble enough to listen, they could have they could have been corrected and they kept going on. But now they veered way off track and they are going to be held accountable for the blood that was shed. You know, leaders are held. Now, this is for you leaders. Right. And this is me, too, because I am a leader. Right. This is why I don't play that. Right. <laughs> I'm not going to tell you some wacky stuff. I'm just not because the Lord's going to deal with me. If I tell you something and you stumble, you fall into a ditch. You give up your faith and you end up dying and going to hell. Guess what? The Bible clearly says the Lord is going to hold me accountable for that blood. Right. So if you are. A quote unquote mature Christian, I encourage you, I don't care how long you've been in the ministry. Doesn't matter. I encourage you to check yourself. First, John talks about checking yourself to see if you're really even a Christian or not. Don't get it twisted just because you've been in a position and you high up, you're filled with pride. You know, if you're saying like, I ain't going to check this, I ain't going to check that red flag, you know, danger, Will Robinson, danger, danger, right? Already, right? Because you, you can't even receive the correction that you don't think something is wrong. If you won't even acknowledge for a nanosecond that you might be off track, you're in danger. You're, you're in grave danger, Right? So and, and I always say this, look, I don't know who said it. I heard a preacher say this several years ago, could have been like 10 or 15 years ago. But he said, did you notice the hearts of the of the disciples, of the apostles? He said, think about this. When Jesus said that one of you will betray me, none of them was like, that ain't me, Jesus. Nobody said that. Nobody said that. Everybody was like, Lord, is that is it me? Is it me? Right. In other words, hey, I walk with you. I love you. I don't think I would do nothing like that. But you telling me that one of us, it could be me. It just might be me. They weren't so confident in themselves, confident in themselves. Paul talks about that. Right. Like having no confidence in the flesh. And then he kind of flips the script. He's like, hey, you know, although if I wanted to, I could have confidence in my flesh. Right. You know, hey, 
I'm, I'm, I'm a Roman citizen. I went to this school. I graduated at the top. I'm a Pharisee of a Pharisee, right? You know, as far as zeal with, with, with excellence, you know, I'm perfect in these things, right? Like he's just, he's just playing on words, but he understood that there was nothing that he could brag upon because he was Paul, you know, he's starting all these churches. It doesn't mean anything, right? Right. He had to put his confidence in the Lord, not in himself. We set our mind on things above, not on things below. That's what Paul was saying. But anyway, so you have to be careful. This is for you. And this is a warning. Remember, these are the end times. Satan is really pulling out all stops to deceive you, to deceive you. I say it one more time, to deceive you. So you really got to be checking and be like, man, am I off? If everybody around you is telling you like, hey, good job. Good job, buddy. You're doing great. There's nobody in your life that's going to be like, um, you're off track. Right. <laughs> you don't have that. You need to start. I'm I'm so serious. You need to start fasting and praying. Lord, please send me somebody. Send me a prophet. It's usually a prophet, but send me a person. That, that's going to tell me clearly when I'm off track. Tell me, because the Bible says the trap is not laid in plain sight of the bird. In other words, the bird would not go in the trap if it saw there was a trap. Hello? Right? So that's why you can't be so full of yourself. I can't be so full of myself to where I'm thinking, please, I ain't wrong. I always, I told my daughter this too. I'm like, look, I always leave room for the fact that I just might be wrong. I just might be wrong. So somebody may say something to me, you know, brother Mike, you doing X, Y, and Z. Mm, um, mm, well, I, I don't know about that. But you know, thank you. I'm, I'm gonna check it out. You see what I'm saying? I didn't just slap it away. Get that out of here. It ain't me. It's like, well, you know what? Um, I don't think I'm doing that, but you know, I'm gonna check it out. But I don't think I'm doing that. Then I go away and pray, and then what'll happen? The Holy Spirit be like, look at that. You are doing that. <gasps> ooh, ooh, thank you. Holy Ghost, oh, thank you so much. Yo, thank you, thank you, right? I was off track. I didn't know it. But how can I be checked? Because I leave room for the fact that I just might be wrong. But if you're in leadership and you don't leave room for the possibility, even though the apostles that walk with Jesus Christ himself, hello? <laughs> even they left room for the fact that they might be wrong. You got to check yourself. And if you don't have nobody around you, that's telling you, hey, you're wrong. You're in trouble. I see Ahab and, and the Bible. We look, we look at Ahab. Ahab, we know, was a very wicked king. Right. Ahab wanted people around him. He wanted yes men around him. He wanted people that was going to prophesy and tell him good stuff. He got mad when the one particular prophet came. I believe it was Micah, but he don't quote me on that. But he got mad. When the one particular prophet came, you know, and he's like, this prophet, you know, he always prophesies bad stuff about me, right? You know, he shouldn't have said that. He shouldn't have said that. And 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 King, I believe it was uh, King Jehoshaphat was right there with him. He said, oh, you shouldn't say that, right? <laughs> you shouldn't say that, right? Because why? Two different perspectives. King Jehoshaphat was mature, right? He was a godly person, right? He understood. You you saying evil against that prophet? You're saying evil against the Lord. You shouldn't say that. You need to stop and repent right now, right? But King Ahab didn't do that. He kept going on and on, right? So 
you had, you know, you had all of these prophets that said, listen, when you go and attack, you know, you're going to be like this. You're going to be mighty in battle and you're going to crush them with these horns. You're going to crush the enemy, blah, blah, blah. And they're all saying this. And then there's the one prophet. And, and, and what, what Jehoshaphat said, said, um, is there not a true prophet of the Lord to inquire from? Right. So he already knew these are not the Lord's prophets. They're going to say whatever you want them to say. Is there not one of the Lord's prophets in the land? And Ahab's like, well, yeah, there is one. But, you know, he always says bad stuff about me. Yeah, go go bring him in. Right. And what happened? He was like, you will surely win. He's like, how many times have I told you to stop talking to me? You know, stop basically stop making fun of me. Right. Tell me the truth. And he's like, OK, here's the truth. Since you asked for it. Right. Yeah. You're not going to make it. <laughs> OK. You ain't going to make it. You will surely lose and you're going to die. You're not going to make it. Right. So, I mean, you know, basically he got thrown in prison. You know, that prophet got thrown in prison for saying the right thing. And what happened? The king actually had the opportunity to repent. He could have repented, but he didn't. He did with his own thing. And we know the end of that. So you need and I'm, I've been in that position to where, you know, I had people in my life and still do thank God. Um, where they would get a word from the Lord, I'd be off track. Now, in my younger days, I would get all upset about it. I did. Who do they think they are telling me this and that? I don't know the word of God. You know what? I was dead wrong. And many times I got myself and my family into some mess that lasted, quite honestly, for decades. See, some things that you do, and this is why you got to think about this. So as a mature Christian, hey, I can tell you because I'm on the other side now. I can tell you. It's not as easy as just saying, oh, I'm sorry. Oh, Lord, forgive me. Oh, I repent. Man, it's not that simple. It is not that simple. Sure, you know, godly sorrow leads to repentance. It does. But your actions literally it's like they say about dropping a pebble in the in the pond. Bloop, bloop. You know, and it's all those ripples. Boom, boom, boom. Well, the ripples are rippling out over time. It's the consequences, the consequences, the consequences. Right. Oh, man. Anyway, these are the consequences. There's a song in a movie. It's called Cabin Cabin in the Sky. But there's a I love this movie. But anyway, um, there's a song in there where this guy's singing like these are the consequences. That old devil consequence, right? This is a guy that was, you know, he was like doing his thing in the world and his wife was godly. And then he decided that he was going to repent. He gave his life to the Lord. And then here comes the little, the little beautiful, sexy vixen, right? Here she comes, Lena Horn back in the day when she was like, you know, super young and just, just super, super uh, glamorous, right? And Lena Horn comes by to tempt him because the devil sent Lena Horn to tempt him away. And she's trying to tempt him and he's singing this song about the consequences. These are the consequences, that old devil consequence, right? And I ain't going no more, right? It's this that, right? If you see this movie, you're going to understand what I'm talking about. He understood the consequences. In the end, the devil got him anyway. And in the end, the end, God got him out. Okay, but my point is this. Listen, there are consequences. So there are, and it's not just consequences for you. You might be like... I'm good. You know, I could take it if the Lord, you know, disciplines me. Oh, as King uh, Jehoshaphat said, uh, I wouldn't say that. <laughs> Don't say that. You shouldn't say that. My, my Lord should not say that. Right. With the merest flicker of the Lord's hand, his power, your whole life is turned upside down and it will be years. It's not going to be like, oh, it's a day. It's a couple of days. No, you need to learn that lesson. 
It, it may very well be years. It probably will be years. You understand that? Some things that you do that you screw up, it's not just going to affect you. And, and even though I laugh, it's not funny. It's not funny. I watched firsthand the devastation that I caused. I caused this. Okay? Can't blame the devil. Can't blame God. Why? I have free will. I can't blame nobody. I made those decisions. I chose to be prideful and arrogant and not listen. And destruction came again and again and again and again and again. And then when I finally stopped walking in the disobedience, guess what? This ripples effect Oh, over time, year after year after year after year after year, man, after year. So you have to be careful, leaders. You must be careful that you're telling people the right things. All right. You have to be careful that you're watching your heart closely. You're guarding your doctrine closely, because if not and you're off track, you're going to leave everybody else off track. All right. Now, back to the youngins, the youngins. So how can you tell if you're a baby Christian? How can you tell if somebody is really a Christian or not? Well, here's how you don't tell. You don't tell by how long they've been preaching. You can't tell by, well, they got this particular title because that doesn't mean anything. That was an elder. He had been he had been doing what he was doing for like mm, probably like 40 years. And that man was very off in what he told me. He was very wrong and inaccurate, right? And all the other people that had told us different things along the way, and they was off. There were people in, in the high up places. The Lord sent us into the churches. Our, our thing, our assignment was always, you're here to support the leadership. Don't take any titles. He told us, don't take no titles. Why? Because once we took a title, then we're expected to do what man told us to do. And this was usually the reason why we got kicked out of pretty much every church that we went to. I think, I dare say every church that we went to, eventually we got kicked out, right? Why? It's not that we're being disobedient and rebellious. It's that we're there to serve the Holy Spirit. He gave us very specific instructions. Do this, do that, do this. Pray for the leadership. He would show us in each church, look at the leadership. Look at what they're doing. Listen to their doctrine. Pray about this. Pray about that. Start this program. Do that. Do that. Right to try and counter things. But eventually the devil's not stupid. He can clearly see, hey, those people are not on my agenda. Hmm. Oh, they're really working for Christ. They're really working for the Holy Spirit. So then it would always come a confrontation. Right. So it's like you literally are singled out. The spotlight is on you. What are you going to do? Are you going to? And it's literally this. You're going to obey what man says. Are you going to obey what the Holy Spirit told you? Well, we're going to do what the Holy Spirit told us. We're sorry if you get mad about it. But uh, yeah, we're going to do what the Holy Spirit told us. OK, boot it out. One church I found out years later, and I'm I'm not digressing. I, I, I have a point. I, of course, I always get back to what I'm talking about. But one church I found out after the fact, I was talking to this brother. Now, I'm an evangelist. So I was evangelizing, talking to him, and he ended up coming to the church where I was at. But he was at the church where I had left maybe like a year or so before. And he's like, yeah, you know, after we talked, he was like, yeah, I went and talked to. And this this person was a person that liked to verify facts. So I told him what was going on at the church. What did he do? He went back to that pastor and was like, hey, I talked to Brother Dillard. I talked to Brother Mike. Brother Mike said this and that is what's going on in the church. 
And this is why he left the church. That pastor told him, no, that's not true. What happened was, see, we excommunicated Brother, Brother Dillard from the church. We excommunicated him. So, I mean, when the dude told me that, I busted out laughing. I was like, excommunicated? Are you serious? What is this, like the, the Stone Ages? I've been excommunicated from the church? What is that? And no, no one ever told me that I left because of the shenanigans that was going on. But I guess after I left, there was like, okay, that brother was asking too many questions. Had our own people, our own elders asking questions of us. He can never come back here again. Brother Dillard is banished forever, excommunicated. Ah. So I guess that's kind of how it went down. So, <laughs> right. So anyway, my point is this, right? So, okay, so if you're a baby Christian, you can't go by somebody's title. You can't go by how long somebody has been in that particular office. It doesn't matter. The Bible tells you clearly, clearly, right, what to go by. And this is, it ties into the title of, the, of this episode, right? Show me the receipt, please. Please show me the receipt, sir. Show me the receipt, ma'am. Please show me the receipt, right? In other words, show us some proof, baby. So in John, the book of John, chapter 13, verse 35, I'm reading this from the King James Bible. It says, by this shall all men know that ye are my disciples, if ye have love one to another. Now, most of us, including myself, have misquoted this and said, and they should they'll and what and they shall know and they shall know we're Christians by our love. But that's not exactly what it says. That's the gist of what it says. But I'm reading to exactly what it says. And, you know, it doesn't actually say what I just said a second ago. Right. By this shall all men know that ye, ye is you. By this shall all men know that you are my disciples. If there's the if, if. You have love one to another so this is how you can tell baby christians you listening right and for any christian now i'm just opening up right if somebody is you know you have to not only watch how they walk but you, yeah you have to watch the love you gotta watch the love and don't let people make excuses right and don't you make excuses for people oh well you know yeah i know that person is real mean and rude but they know the lord they know the lord and you know they they went through a whole lot of stuff in their younger days they was abused and this hey man don't don't make, I, I ain't making no excuses for that it is what it is see the scripture didn't just say that by this shall all men know that you're my disciples if you have love one to another unless you was abused it, it, you know what i'm saying it, it doesn't say that it's a in the Navy, we called it a go no-go. That's it. There's no middle ground. It's like pass or fail. It's either a pass, hey, they passed, or they failed. The test is a go or it's a no-go. Right? Hey, you're either Christ's disciple or you're not Christ's disciple. See, there is no middle ground. And the scariest place to be is to be. The person and more often than not, it is the mature, quote unquote, mature person that is in the scariest place because they've been lulled into a false sense of confidence. All right. They're not loving one another, but they think they're loving one another. Why? Because they're surrounded by people 
that want something from them and there's and or they're surrounded by people that are just telling them what they want to hear. That's it. Right. Woe unto you when men when men speak well of you. Right. <laughs> you you got to You got to watch that. I'm, I'm grateful now that, you know, I have these people in my life and they sometimes they tell me, hey, great job. And then sometimes they're like, mm, you know, I don't know what's going on with you the other day, but yeah, you're a little off track. And you said this, that really? Oh, hold on. Let's. Oh, man, I realized that. What, what was going on? Let me know. Right. I didn't come all of this way to miss the rapture. Why? Because I got off track and I didn't want to check myself or believe that. Believe that I could possibly be in sin. This human that was born in sin. Right. And the Bible says, you know, the human heart is desperately deceitful, wicked above all, wicked above all else. Who can know it? So you got to understand your place. Right. It doesn't matter how long you've been saved. Guess what? The devil don't care nothing about that because he understands your flesh is connected to this world. <laughs> it's connected to the sin, the sin influences it. This is what Paul was talking about. I talked about this in one of my last messages, right? When, when Paul wanted to do good, he found out that there was something going on in his body. He called it a law. There was a law going on in my members. I want to do good, but the good that I want to do, man, I can't seem to do it. I'm doing evil stuff. I don't even want to do it. So therefore, and you know how Paul did, Paul broke stuff down. Therefore, if I want to do good and I'm not doing good, but I'm doing evil, then it is not me that's doing the evil, but rather it is a sin that's living in me that's causing me to sin. Right. The devil understands this. The body of Christ needs to understand this. It doesn't matter how long you've been a Christian. It doesn't matter. Right. You got to be checking yourself daily. You got to be checking yourself moment to moment because that is the Christian life. We live the Christian life moment by moment, decision by decision, action by action. I talked about this in the last podcast. In one moment, David was not in sin. In the next moment, you know, he had ordered his servant to bring over Bathsheba and then he committed to having sex with her. Right. So, you know, what I'm saying in one moment he wasn't in sin. The next moment he was in sin and then he kept Choosing sin after that. Boom, 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 boom. Until finally, Nate, you know, he murdered one of his mighty men who was, you know, it was Bathsheba's husband, right? Uriah the Hittite. He was a mighty man. He was one of David's special forces. You know what I'm saying? Like a, a brave, a, 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 a courageous soldier, loyal to the death. You know, David wanted some water one time. His mighty men went underground. They snuck into the enemy city and got got him a, a, a cup of water, basically. Went and got him some water in a flask or whatnot. Came back and was like, here you go, my lord. Said, Where'd you get this water from? Oh, yeah, we broke into the enemy camp and we got this water. He said, I will certainly not drink this. This is your life right here. I will not drink this, right? Like, no, that's David. You know, David was a righteous man. But when he sinned, when the prophet confronted him, like, hey, he gave him the little story about the lamb and this and that. And, you know, David was offended and was like, hey, who is the man that stole that lamb? He should be killed. Right. He should be punished. And, and, and Nathan's like, sir, you are that man. You're that man. You had all of these wives. God gave you this kingdom. If you wanted more, he would have given you more, more women, more. You know, in that in that age, in that uh, society, it was acceptable. They had more than one wife. 
But no, that wasn't enough for you. You went and took Uriah the Hittite's wife. You slept with her and then you murdered him. Right. Right. Oh, and then what happened? The consequences. So, you know. When you read the Bible, there's your chapter and then you'll have like subheadings. They're bigger usually than the rest of the words and they're in usually bold letters. So do me. Hey, do your research on this. But look at what happens. You'll see the subheadings. It's talking about David leading up to his sin with Bathsheba. They're not bad. They're not dangerous. You know what I'm saying? It wasn't horrible stuff. But after he sinned with Bathsheba and after he murdered Uriah the Hittite, everything went downhill from there. Literally, it's like every chapter and subheading for him for chapters was just horrible. Horrible things happening to his his family, the son raping a daughter. And, and you know, I mean, all, all, you know, one son being murdered, another son taking the kingdom and sleeping with his concubines. And then eventually he's murdered. I mean, it was all types of stuff. This goes back to the consequences. Right. The consequences. We cannot escape our consequences. And it doesn't mean that God won't forgive you. Again, Dr. Charles Stanley always says this. Obey God and leave the consequences up to him. The Lord is the master. Amen. He not only is master of space and time, not only is he master of all creation. The Lord is also the master of your consequences. Right. He is the master of your consequences. He determines how bad your consequences going to be. Or how not bad it's going to be. It's up to him. It's up to him. But there will be consequences. Okay. There will be consequences. Now, I just want to encourage you because this is the way the Lord is, right? The Lord will let you know in a sense that you're going to get your behind whooped thoroughly for sinning. Okay. In a nice, in, in a colloquial way of putting it, he's going to let you know, listen, if you do this, I'm going to discipline you. You know what I'm saying? There are consequences for sin. It's in Deuteronomy 28. It's right there. The list is like three or four times as long as the list for blessings for obedience. You will have consequences. But consequences, that word has a negative connotation. Consequences are merely the outcome of a particular set of actions. OK. Or events. So there are negative consequences or painful consequences, but there are also positive consequences Right. Or or very pleasant, uh, joyful consequences. So if you are obedient, then your consequences are the blessings that are in Deuteronomy 28. Those are your consequences. Or in other words, it's the fruit. Amen. Right. It's the fruit. So when you do something, if you do something wicked, if I do something wicked, guess what? There will be fruit from that. There's going to be fruit. And the Bible talks about sin. You know how when it when it gets fully grown, it leads to death. Right. It's the fruit. The wages of sin is death. Right. It's death. But if you're obedient, the Bible says the obedient shall eat. They shall eat from the good of the land. Right. That's that's consequences. So there are consequences for being obedient. Right. There's blessings. You're blessed. Everything you touch is blessed. Your family is blessed. Your seed is blessed. Right. There are consequences for disobedience. Right. That means you are cursed with a curse. Everything you touch is cursed. You are cursed. Your family is cursed. Your seed is cursed. Your money is cursed. Everything is cursed. These curses are real. This is not, you know, Christians, a lot of times we don't take 
God, seriously, we don't take the Bible literally. I have learned now. So I, I let me exclude myself from that. I used to be that person. Not anymore. <laughs> Not after living up under those curses and seeing exactly what the Bible said in those curses to come true. Stage after stage after stage after stage. Why? Because I was rebellious. I was disobedient. I was prideful. I was stiff necked. I didn't want to learn. I wanted to do it my way. And I kept going through those curses, watching what the Bible and every time something would happen, the thought would flash into my mind. Here's the scripture. And I'm like, no, 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 because it was too horrible to think that I was under a curse. No, no, no. That, that, that can't be. It's just a coincidence. It's just a coincidence. Right. But then after a while, I'm like, mm, I am cursed. Oh, wow. It's real. And I had been a Christian that at that time for, I don't know, at least 15 years. But see, I didn't understand those curses are real. We sing and dance about the blessings. But if you don't really believe the curses are real, then, you know, conversely, you really don't believe that the blessings are real. You just sing it because, it, you know, it, it sounds good. We want to be blessed. But you don't really understand because if you did, you would strive to be obedient, to be blessed. Amen. And not just do your own thing and say, well, Jesus, know my heart. Mm-mm-mm. mm Right. OK, so we're coming to a close here. Right. Super, super, super important. Show me the receipt, please. Understand there is a day and a time that is coming in our near future and no one will escape. Like they say, no one's no one's getting out of this alive. <laughs> no one's getting out of this alive. Right. In other words, everybody is going to die. The Bible says it is appointed unto every man to die. But once there is a second death, but it doesn't mean that you or I have to taste of the second death. But we will all Stand before stand before the Lord and bow. We'll come before him and we'll bow. Every knee shall bow. You and I and everyone we know, every human that has ever existed will bow before the Lord. And you know what he's going to say in a sense? Show me the receipt, please. I, I, uh, Lord, I, I, you know, I prophesied in your name. I, I, I sang and I danced in your name. I, I, I preached in, in your name. I was an elder in your name. You, you know, I, I was a, 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 I was an usher in your name. He's going to be like, show me the receipt, please. Right. When I was hungry, you didn't feed me. When I wanted some water, you didn't give me nothing to drink. When I was in prison, you ain't even come visit me. What? Lord, no, no. When, when did I didn't do that? I would have definitely fed you. Right. Oh, what you did to the least of these. In other words, these people, that's what you did to me. Now, away from me, you evildoer. I never knew you depart from me into hell, which was reserved for Satan and his angels. Goodbye. If you can't produce the receipt, you ain't getting in. It's just that simple. So it's super important that we get this lesson now. Baby Christians, it's super important twofold that you understand this. One, so you don't get jacked up by placing your faith in a man or in a woman that is fallible. Okay, I've seen it happen. I've seen churches destroyed, literally split in half because people put their faith in the particular person. And that person had like uh, 10 or 12 different women that he was sleeping with in the church. He was married with kids. Okay, split the church down the middle. There was baby Christians that left. They just they couldn't take it. They said, we're done. 
You know, we thought this, you know, we thought God was real. And and now we see, oh, this is a man of God and this is how he acts. We're done. We're done with God. God's not real. They left. Now, what if they never went back to Jesus and they die and they go to hell? See, that pastor who hopefully he ended up repenting eventually, that pastor is going to have to answer to God about his sin. Super important. Right. So baby Christians, remember one. Learn this lesson so you don't put your faith in anybody. OK. And you look at how they love if they don't have love. They're not really Christians. They're not really disciples. OK, they may have said the prayer, but they ain't really disciples. All right. Learn that lesson. And then number two, you need to learn it so that you don't end up in that situation so that you don't grow into that person and do that to somebody else. OK, senior leadership, you need to check yourselves. You're already senior. You're already in your position. You've been there a long time. Great. Don't think that you're above getting checked. Right. Well, you say, well, the Holy Spirit would have told me the Holy Spirit did tell you. But guess what? He ain't going to keep telling you if you ain't listening. If your heart is hard, you're not going to hear him. He's not he's not stupid. He's not going to waste his time on that. He'll send some people across your bow. And you're going to keep blowing them off like you've been blowing them off. Right. Uh, so there's no excuse when you come before God on Judgment Day. Cause you're going to be like, Lord, I, you, how come you didn't send nobody? He's going to be like, I sent brother Mike. I sent his, you know, I sent his family. I sent so-and-so. I sent so-and-so to talk to you. Right. You didn't want to hear it. Right. Please don't allow yourself to be in that situation. And that's really what it would be. It would be you allowing yourself to be in that situation because you have free will. You can check yourself right now. You can get on your knees and humble yourself before the Lord right now and be Lord, please show me. And see, if you really mean it, the Lord will say he'll show you. But if you don't mean it, he ain't going to show you. Godly sorrow, right, leads to repentance. If there's no godly sorrow, you you can cry like, you know, Esau cried. He 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 shed forth tears for the blessing. But guess what? The blessing was gone. It was gone. Jacob had the blessing too late now. Oh, you want to cry about it now? You know, bless me, father, bless me. Don't you have a blessing for me? You only have one blessing. Mm, let me see what I can do. I got a little something, something. But yeah, whoever got that other blessing. Yeah, he is blessed and he is blessed indeed. Sorry. Right. Check yourself. Don't don't get it twisted. Ooh wee. OK, there we go. There we go. So with that in mind, please remember these things. Take them to heart. I don't want anybody to get left behind. I definitely do. I definitely don't want to get left behind. And I definitely don't want any of us to get left behind. Horrible. If we can't walk upright when the Holy Ghost is here, what happens when he is gone and the body of Christ leaves this planet? Well, I'm going to get right then. Mm, I'm not trying to test that theory out. Please save me now. <laughs> Take me now, Jesus. Right. <laughs> OK, that's it. So anyway, hey, please do this. Take this to heart. Put it into practice. I know it's going to work. It's going to help you. It's going to bless you indeed. And that's it. As always, please remember, submit yourself unto God. Then resist the devil and he will flee from you. And that's it. Until next time, aloha and be blessed, my brothers and sisters.